welcome to the Musicians Insider. I'm Cronus, and today we have a great person named Daryl Hers, who's uh, already been on the program before, and he's going to talk to us about all the great things he's done since we last had him on, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming events that are going on. So, Daryl, great to have you back. What's been going on? <laughs> wow. How much time do we have? <laughs> we have a lot of time, but let's just get to the point. Yeah. Uh, just This year's been a lot of like uh, conferences, festivals, uh attending but also hosting of course like we've we've done uh screen by screen indie 101 and music pro summit as online conferences indie week is coming up um plus we launched our dit community platform this year um which is like facebook linkedin zoom for the music industry um all of our online activities are there uh but it's great we we're almost at 1500 members uh people from around the world from all walks of music life from being a creator to producer to label to manager um and we're really looking forward to our, our future on DIT as far as bringing artists and industry together I'm actually really proud of what you guys have done and let me just put it into perspective I went to Canadian Music Week 99 okay and I met right. everyone in the industry back in those times. We played at the Bovine, you know, that was way back. And that was like 2000, 2001. It's 2023 now. Everyone I know in the music industry is dead or quit or retired, or it's just no <laughs> longer the people that I know. I was in LA for so long. I came home, I found you guys and your, your DIT community that hadn't been started yet, but you started these online things because of the pandemic, trying to figure it out. And it was like, so refreshing to find this community in Toronto. And then when you launched the DIT thing this year, I was like, this is awesome. So I've been trying to, one of the questions I had for you is how can I convince my band members to join DIT? Cause I'm finding it's like, I'm preaching to my friends saying they need to join this and then they don't do it. I was thinking there's gotta be an angle there that we should talk about. And I also wanna ask you a little bit about what's coming up. <laughs> sure, well, I, 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 I completely understand that, you know, um here's an online thing and, and it's really i think overall the music industry ha has this weird sense of prove it to me first kind of attitude uh and this is this is i don't know why but it's like kind of like we're always late to the game in streaming we were always late to the game with mp3s we're late to the game in every aspect seems like it's almost like don't change anything from the last 20 years and we're kicking and screaming kind of like against change you know the whole Napster thing with Metallica is this the story around it right um so I I totally get it but you know artists are always saying how hard it is but here's an opportunity to make it easier and I think uh that's one of the things that, again, it, I, I don't know, do you want it easier? Here's a, like, you could meet people from around the world and collaborate, songwrite, book shows. Uh, you never know, you know, like, that's the thing. And I was, I mentioned I was at a lot of conferences, literally every conference I go to now, someone comes up and starts talking to me like they know me because they've been our online platform in one of our sessions and, and, uh, like I just was out West and I met uh, Jenny Nash, who's an artist that I've known for three years because she literally has been with us online this whole time, but we had never met in person. 
And so we finally met in person and I met Mel Simmons. Uh, well, I've seen Mel and Brad a number of times in person at events, but uh, they've been coming to our online sessions and Mel started a publishing company, you know? Um, so, so that's the thing. It's like, it, it, you know, you want access to people. Here's think of it like this. Uh, you go on Facebook and you see real estate ads, you see ads for restaurants, you see posts about comments of things that like, you got to kind of dig for the music actual content. Same thing with LinkedIn. Now I go on LinkedIn and I, I hate LinkedIn now. I used to love it, but I go in and in my DMs is, Hey, are you looking for an investment opportunity? No. Are you looking to buy new property? No. Like I'm, I'm hit with all non-music things. So if you think of it, everybody on this platform is in music, either creator or business. All the content is music. There's education about how to do the business. And, and just, uh, just for a minute, you know, let's, ex let's just stop for a second for any of my viewers and listeners sure. who don't know what you're saying, this platform. We're talking about the DIT platform, which Daryl and his team created over the last year since I met him earlier, because we first met up to talk right. about the Music Pro Summit. And during that time, they've developed an online platform now where you can just log in and be part of the community all the time. And Daryl just randomly goes live. And you, you'll catch me. I'll watch you because I have it on my phone. You're always on there. Yeah, you're always on there. Well, I have a new job and I haven't told you about this. I'm doing online reputation management. I come from the SEO space. And in the last three months, I started a new role doing that, which is allowing me to finally do the things I want to do in the music space financially, right. but then still, you know, I don't have to worry about little things anymore. So I'm just trying to get back where I can promote my new, I'm doing a new album. Um, it'll be interesting. We'll get to it later. But um, I love the fact that you guys are doing this. Like I know you because you guys reached out, wanted to come on the podcast to promote your community. I'm like, this is a good thing. And I, I'm complaining that I can't figure out the music industry in Canada and you guys are handing us a way to do it. But if there's anyone who should be able to navigate the music industry in Canada, it's me. I got albums done. I got shows I can play. I just, what is my problem? It's really, I didn't commit. I didn't commit. That's, well, that's that's part of what I say. Like there's, there seems to be this thing and it's, it's just, you know what? Artists are artists. They want, you know, you want to, be more more creative and and you know sometimes there's a gap between thinking business and doing art and and oh yeah you know there's a there's got to be a bridge there and that's why often artists need a team around them to help communicate the oh. business okay uh, so I'm, i want to i want to just so. interject on that so i have a team in toronto slam and media and i love them and here's what we're going to do we're going to finish we're going to Bruce Bradley. We're going to finish the Bradley, record yeah. first, and then we're going to come up with a 12 month plan and then we're going to follow it. So that's what yeah. we're doing. None of this bullshit of it's ready. It's out, get it out the door. We didn't market it yet. And I wasted album. I got two albums in Spotify. I just wanted them out. But now it's like, well, why did you want them out? If you weren't going to market it, it's like, it, it hurts. I don't want to even apply for the Junos anymore this year. Cause I already applied. It's last okay. Year. It's okay. This, this, this is normal. It's all but good. applying uh, for the Junos. Yeah is a good investment because it puts your finished record in front of people who are forced to listen to it. So it's like, if you can get it in the deadline, do it. All right. So back, well, back to it. Well, <laughs> well, if I could comment about that and, and I do want to mention to everybody, DIT stands for do it together. Yes. Right? So, and that I'll put the links below. Important. Yeah. DIT music community. We got an app. It's in the app store. Um, but 
to to what you're saying, you know, uh, a lot of people put music out and then try to promote and then try to get people there and, and all that stuff. Um, that's the normal part, you know, and we're, again, we're trying to connect people to industry, but also resources and education. And one thing you mentioned is about applying to the Junos, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, apply to everything. Like people are like, oh, should I apply to South by? Well, you know what? Somebody listens to it. Even that alone is a way to get ears and eyeballs on your stuff and apply to like everything you can in, you know, hopefully and they'll see you apply. Like, they'll see you apply years in a row and then they might let you in after they, oh, this guy's applied yeah. five years straight. You know, they look at that. Absolutely. But, but you just never know, right? All I know is when you don't go to conferences and events, you you're at home, you meet nobody. If you aren't, handing out flyers or business cards nobody walks away with anything that has your brand on it if you're not at like applying to things there's there's no sort of relationships built uh, like because sometimes it takes relationships to build like I've had some artists that when we were running Indie Week uh, we were getting over 3,000 artist applications and I would listen to them all then if I'm at a conference, somebody goes, hey, I'm in this band. I'm like, oh, you applied to Indie Week two years ago. I remember you guys. You had that song talking about walking down the street in a thunderstorm or whatever, right? They're like, yeah, how'd you know? And I'm like, well, I listened, I listened to, to everything. <laughs> yeah. And 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 so that way, like, I remembered them. So when I met them, there was at least a starting point, not I've never heard of you. And, and so you have... I literally like you have to be kind of everywhere all the time when you can, right? Um, and yeah, like that's part of promotions too. Like you so, got to get in people's minds, and then you got they they got to remember you. So on that note, I was working in the SEO industry, and I would just go to Webmaster World in Vegas every year and start going to the conferences in that industry. And how you grow your your ability to be in any industry, whether there's music or not, is by going to events. So for NAM show in Anaheim, if you're a musician and you can get to the States, go to the NAM show, bring your CDs and give them to all of the people of the gear you use. And you'd be surprised how many sponsorships you can get. I'm endorsed yeah. by everyone I've gone after, except for Absolutely, sure. man. Absolutely. I got them all. I got these monitors. I got my Ernie Ball guitars. I don't even have records that are selling yet. Like but they're good and I know it's good. So it's just a matter of getting the right mixture of, you know, putting things together. Um, yeah, but that's, that's a prime example, man. And, and, and I, you, this business is who, you know, 100% so I want, who, you know, I want to mention something else, which I think on the education front, which is very important to you more than to me, because I'm a little ignorant when I was in the States and the whole residential school thing was going on. We never heard about it down there. And I wanted to mention that like there was a lot of stuff in the States going on with like, um, all the Mexico in, infiltration of the border and all the stuff there, but they wouldn't talk about Canada much or anything to do with the indigenous peoples. And I want to mention how I think it's really cool at the beginning of your, um, whenever you have a, an event or something, when you like to just talk about where everyone's from, they talk about where their land rights are and all the indigenous peoples. But I need more education on how to do that because I don't know how to say it right. I don't really understand it. So if I'm going to help spread things about, you know, our communities and that how we can help out, 
we need more education on how to do that as individuals because I'm a white guy who's trying to make it and there's all these grants for everybody else. I'm not complaining about that, but I'm having trouble fitting in sometimes too and I don't want to step on anyone's toes. So I think it's important to recognize all those things. Absolutely. It's it's such a, a narrative of Canada's history that's been not talked about for a long time. Um, Gord Downey brought it to light with the talking about... Uh, uh, Chani Wenjack, and that turned into Downey Wenjack Fund. Uh, we've done some work with them, and and uh, you know, really, the first part is listening a lot. You know, uh, being present and listen. Um, I, I think is like I I was uh, right before um, the pandemic. I was invited to Folk Alliance. And during Folk Alliance was the Indigenous Music Summit, and I was invited to that as an ally. And that role is to sit in conversations and listen and observe. Uh, so I was very fortunate to do that. And at our last in-person Indie Week, we had invited le leaders of Indigenous communities and members uh, to participate. We had uh, some closed-door meetings with funders and Indigenous communities uh, to talk about, you know, some sensitive topics. Uh, we had sh showcases. Um, so it's been a process, like it's not overnight and it takes a bit of time uh, of, you know, listening and understanding that there's a, there's a different mindset and reason. And, you know, one of the things that I'll just sort of mention is, you know, we do music because we like music and, you know, often it's we hear radio and we want to be on the radio where a lot of these marginalized communities, it's we're telling our story through music and it's not about getting on radio. It's about telling their story. And if you listen to the, the lyrics, uh, you could also learn a fair bit because um that's how these stories are being carried on uh, is through song and lyrics so the, the cbc um, has been pretty yeah. good they've been helping a, i don't know what, what you think but i noticed that because i just yeah. i do a lot of driving around i listen to the npr and cbc once in a while and uh i do notice a lot of coverage and it's interesting to see now i can't figure out how to crack it myself but we'll figure that out later <laughs> yeah cbc cbc uh the, the, we just had like a orange shirt day not too long ago a few weeks ago and that's where they gave the programming to Indigenous artists, which was great. And I got to say, I'm in the middle of watching uh, one of the Yellowstone spinoffs, the one with uh, uh, Harrison Ford, and they do have a narrative on a residential school, but in the oh, wow. States. Yeah. And it. so this one part I just watched was uh, one of the female students that ran away, you know, meets... Uh, you know, another member of indigenous community. And one of the things they said is like, okay, we got to hide you kind of like, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Uh, and they're like, well, we could go to Canada, but he's like, no, 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 no. it's worse. Uh, and that said a lot. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> That said a lot. And it's wow. like, yeah, Canada was really bad. So, I haven't heard that in any media yet. So that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. So I pay attention. I do my best to try to find where these stories are being told and and try to, you know, pay attention as much as I can. And it's cool because I think I noticed some of the the DJs and people on the CBC show starting to join the DIT community too, right? You see oh, some yeah, of the names, absolutely. and that's that's great. And that's what we need. And uh, you know, 
I'm gonna have to start. I gotta come back to Canadian Music Week. It's been a while. <laughs> um, yeah, on DIT, the the best thing is just go through the member list and just start talking to people and like, what are you about? What are you trying to do? And and you know, I just I just had a, a phone call with uh, you know somebody I really really look up to in the music business who's done a lot. He's worked with almost every single name you could think of. What we've been talking about online is people add value. And so, you know, give your time to talk to people, talk and learn about them, where I find everybody's like, here's my song, here's my show. And it actually pushes people away because they don't know you yet. And I just got off the Zoom call, you know, with, the, with like I said, somebody I really look up to in the business. And he said, it's all about people. Like it's literally all about people and, and that's it. And everybody sees the tech trends and the toys and all that stuff. And they think, oh, that'll get me there faster. And it's like, no, you got to know people. And and that's you got to know your so important. But you also know this because you're you're an automator, you're a techie. You got to know the tech where you can support yourself. Like this podcast we're doing right now. I was out doing stuff. I came home, I set everything up and I did it. I didn't need someone to support it, but not everyone knows how to use like an iRig connected to a, a phone, microphone, with a, you know, that's not something yeah. you can't just set up that quick because I have a computer science degree, a lot of experience in hardware and stuff. I'm able to run the show myself, but I mean, some people don't have that luxury. So learning the tech is super important, but you can't depend on the tech. Well, like, so one, we're in an age where and I, I say this very openly, like the words, I don't know, actually, sorry, that doesn't work. We've got Google. And if you, if you can't do Google, open up chat GPT, ask that, like, so, so the, the, I do not know part doesn't work anymore. Right. And you can find a YouTube video that explain almost everything in two to five minutes. So, <laughs> so that part, any, anybody could do this. What I'm talking about is oh, there's this new thing that's going to make me a star. And then everybody thinks, okay, I'm going to be successful without putting in the work and without creating relationships. You know, when, when you see a lot of these big artists, you know, Metallica, for instance, they now have generations going to their show, like from grandfather to son to grandchild they're at the show right why because that initial fan has still bought into the the band they still believe in them and god and, bless and, metallica for you know, keeping metal going yeah thank god because yes. people are talking about oh this band's better it's like if it wasn't for metallica slayer wouldn't even have any shows like it's just what metallica <laughs> did and i love it and i'm i'm also a huge pantera fan like i got to see dimebag daryl and stuff so Oh, I really wow. need I need to go see Zach doing a cover of Panther Live. I need to see that. I got to see it this summer and it was awesome. It I know. Awesome. I need to, it's it's on uh, November but, 10th. <laughs> but but this is the thing. It's like like why do people stick around as fans over time with bands, right? And it's because often they treat the fans really well. Um they they give them what they want. You know, I was at a concert, I don't know how, how many years ago it was now, but it was an Iron Maiden concert. I love Iron Maiden. I saw the Peace of Mind tour. I saw the 
the Power Slave tour. I saw the Somewhere in Time tour. And and the thing that, you know, and, and then I didn't see, see them for a while. And um, a friend of mine was a publicist for Bruce Dickinson, so Goddess Passes. And it was a show where they literally said, we're not playing any of our old music. We're only playing the new music. Immediately, everybody was pissed off. And walking out of that show, so many people were like, that was the worst Iron Maiden show ever. I'm not going to see them again. And the thing is, the music business, right? You have to deliver what other people want. And, and your demand stays high when you're delivering what other people want. The magic is when your art just happens to be what other people want. And that's what we're always, everyone's always chasing. This is what I create. Well, do people want that? But sometimes right? it's that one album that sounded like them and then they can't do it again. Right. But, you know, like the, so a lot of, <laughs> big artists say that song is no longer mine. I released it. It's now the world song, not mine. And they're going to decide the value of that song. Is it charting on radio or not? Is it charting on Spotify or not? It only charts when people want it to, right? Because they're playing it. So, so that's the, the thing is like, are you creating something that people want? And, you know, when you get old, like me, you've been around a while and you've seen trends come and go and you go, well, that's a trend that's going to be gone in like eight months. Nobody's going to care after that. And everybody's jumping on that trend and they're chasing something that's already becoming obsolete. And a real prime example is, you know, around 1980, was, was it 89, 90? Uh, well, anyways, the second Nirvana released Nevermind hair metal was dead. So if you were a hair metal band trying to release an album two years after Nevermind, sorry, that's not what people want. So, And at that time, have... it took about two years to do an album then. Like it seemed like it took oh, an hour. Yeah. 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 Well, I know I, I know a friend who is, who is managing a band, uh, Canadian artist, they were signed and they were in L.A., uh, half a million into the recording and they got a phone call. Hey, this band Nirvana came out. So this is done. You can go home now. Did right? you imagine that? And I, well, yeah, I was on the road with a band that had that happen to not, not because of Nirvana, but literally we were, I was tour managing. We were on the road and uh, doing radio shows or radio interviews across Canada promoting a single saying this is coming out literally in weeks. So songs to radio shows we're doing, we're opening for like three days, grace, the truce theory of a dead man doing festivals and then our own club dates. And the record rep came out to uh, Vancouver. And after the show said, there's no more money in rock and uh, maybe your album will get released next year. Wow. And that was it. So, so Often the disconnect between industry and artist is the industry is trying to go, this is what people want. Here's our roster. On our roster, what do people want and what do people not want? Where are we putting our investment and money and time and effort and where are we not? 
And that's just how it is. And it's the same with booking agents. It's the same with promoters. And uh, if we can go back to the start where I said people add value, well, how many streams do you have? Well, that's going to be people. How many tickets can I sell? That's going to be people. How many, uh, you know, fans and every every engagement is with a person. So Mail, how big is your mailing list? Have to it's all your mailing yeah. list is all people. Yeah. So then all people. So bringing it back a bit, then Daryl, yeah. like for artists and for my listeners that are you know musicians trying to figure out what they can do. So join a community such as DIT. Come to events like the one you have coming up, Indie Week. Maybe tell a little bit. Of, I'll, I'll put it underneath here. And, um, yep. you know, don't give up and keep 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 going. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, like, like for instance, um, you know, when you meet someone, one of the things that, that, like, especially during COVID times, we were saying is, one of the first things you should think about is, how can I help you? Not how can you help me? And, and I feel that that tends to be like, hey, come to my show. That's helping me, not you. Hey, how does, how does go, you, why would it help you to come to my show unless you're coming to see something you've never seen that I want you to learn from? And it's like maybe of an angle, but otherwise, like we have this new special lighting thing you got to see, or we've got, I well, don't know. You know what? Um, for the most part, I know friends go to friends' shows. So if you make friends and a lot of them, you have a lot of people come to your shows and then they tell friends. Now that's people that you don't know coming to your show. And then so on and so on and so on. It's exactly. Like it's like that commercial. Right. <laughs> and and, and uh, I got to say the powerful aspect of online communities is the fact that you can meet and make friends with people in the industry and, and they will help you. But you got to understand everybody in the industry is hit up by so many people. Why do you matter? Well, how can I help you? Right? Exhibit A, I got a, I got Sherry Chung on my last podcast, an amazing composer. She's doing the music for the new Gremlins show. She did all the Riverdale stuff and a lot of other new things that are just coming up, but we're going to talk about it next time. If I go to some conference in LA and I run into her, we're going to hang out and talk, you know, because it's we've had this this one-on-one, -on -one. like if I run into you in Toronto, right? So by having these podcasts, I'm helping promote their stuff initially, but then now they're someone I know, you know, and I can, if I see them, they're going to run over and say hi, or at least connect in some way. Exactly. As long as I'm not a dick about it and promote it properly and like post this on Monday instead of waiting two months to edit it. Yeah, like I was just at Reeperbahn in Germany and had a lot of meetings. One of our sponsors said, hey, I'm in Germany right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, are you in Hamburg? Yeah. Oh, well, you should meet Tim from the Berlin Music Commission, who I just was hanging out with three, four weeks ago. Perfect. And then so so that's what I mean. Then you help make other people's connections. You become valuable because of who you know. And yeah, it's who you know and, and treat people right. And, you know, um, but yeah, so our Indie Week conference is online. Uh, we used to be an in-person festival and conference, but COVID killed that. Uh, this is our 20th year as Indie Week, which is crazy. Um, but the conference is online. Uh, we are doing one day in person in London, Ontario. That's November 11th. Online is November 6th through 9th. And why London? Because we're launching a new music festival and it's called Venue by Venue. Uh, this year, we're focusing on London, Ontario artists. The whole idea and concept is support the local community and, and build up. So 
next year, we will allow Ontario artists. The year after that, Canadian artists, and the year after that, we're planning to have international, uh, which is why I was also traveling around at conferences, talking to everybody about it all to plant the seeds. I thought you were doing London and then another town like Hamilton, but you're just going to, I didn't understand that at first. So, so you're just doing it in London and growing it from there. I went to Western right. yeah. Western in London. So I actually went to, lived in London for a while. I used to go to call yeah. the office. I saw Glue Leg and I'm the Earth at call the office in London. Um, we saw yes. bands like that, you know. So you said, sorry, Glue Leg and? Glue Leg and I'm the Earth when they were doing the Levitate. When, when they yes. were doing Levitate, yeah. And then years later, Thermocline got to open for Edwin at the Navin Fair, and it was pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Call the Office was such a staple there. And um, London is the, the the designated music city by UNESCO, uh, and it's the only one in Canada. What does that mean? Uh, well, basically, when you have that designation, then all of a sudden, like, basically, there's really active music office run by Corey Crossman in London. And so now they've got access to network with the world with other UNESCO music cities. And that means sharing of information on how do you build a music city? What, what do you what is, do to build up the community? Could you just explain what UNESCO is? UNESCO, uh, I don't remember what UNESCO stands for, but... Uh, from my understanding, UNESCO is kind of like they they will sort of like they've got different categories. Like this is a UNESCO heritage site. So like say Roman Colosseum and it's a protected space, um, but um, and recognized as historically significant. So when it's like a music city, it's significant in the music community. Uh, they know it's active. They're growing. Uh, so it may open more funding possibly for the city and but i know like it's tr it also opens up trade with other music cities so i, I know Corey, for instance tra has traveled to like sweden and brazil and has other trips coming up where they talk about if you gather people like-minded people say other people from music cities in one place think of it as almost like a conference sort of thing but it's just invite only uh, but they'd go, well, what's working in your city? Well, this is what's working in our city. What's similar? What's different? How can we get better based off of what you already know? So it's it's a sharing of knowledge and uh, programs. Um, and then as well, it'll I believe it'll also help trade of like export, say artists from Music City A to Music City B. So it helps Canadians get you know, out in the world a little bit. It, it will because like you it, said over really not overnight takes time yeah a really important thing that you said was and i think this is when you were talking to steve i, I forget but you were saying something about um there's not enough population in canada for artists to succeed without going internationally so you need to go internationally just to make money like kind of thing and a lot of people don't realize well can't you just be big in canada like widemouth mason was or sloan and then they don't get anywhere else and the record labels keep them in a domestic deal like i don't know i've heard so many horror stories but yet those bands kind of made it so you're not sure yet what, what what's available yeah i saw a graph like a pie graph earlier today about music markets and it's like uh china i think has the biggest population that's active in music uh I send it to me 
<laughs> I'll stick it right here. No, it's on it's on Facebook. I saw oh, yeah. it. Uh, and I think US was third. Uh, and it Brazil is in there and all this. And then there's this one big other Canada somewhere in other. Like we don't even have a sliver, like a piece of the pie ourselves. Uh, but uh, when I was in Germany, um, Canada is in the top 10 of music markets of the world. Um, but there's stats like uh, when I talked to Margaret McGuffin from uh, Music Publishers Canada, the top earning artists, I think it, she said is around 72% of the top earning artists, no, top earning artists of publishing, 72% of the money comes from outside of Canada. So that means only like 28% comes from inside of Canada. Okay, so a question for you, for a new artist that has a CD out that doesn't know what to do first from an international perspective, if they want to try to market outside of Canada, what would you recommend they start doing? Or are you saying, should we should they play bigger at home first? Because obviously that doesn't seem to work, right? You No, it, it does. Yeah, you got you to gotta work your home base first. You have to educate yourself on what it means to be export ready. Uh, we do have sessions talking about that, especially at Indie Week. Um, like what does export ready mean? You need to know that because otherwise you're not going to be even considered. I don't know any bands that talk like that, really. Like what's export ready? Most musicians are like, no, we're awesome. You know, but it's like, what does export of the country ready mean? And do they even have a concept of that? Right. So that's, yeah. You know, like, are you a member of your local or provincial MIA? Like, are you part of a music association? You know, the music association is often giving the information, but also contacts you need. Um, you know, are you getting grants? Are you self-sufficient? Have you done certain aspects? You know, another um, thing, too, is musicians so. insurance. When you're with your local union, you can then get insured on your gear. For I have to pay 300 bucks a year for $10,000 of insurance from Halifax Insurance Company. And I had like $2,000, $3,000 guitars that were covered. It's not covered under your house insurance if someone steals it, you know? Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. And we important. work with insurance too. Like for instance, uh, uh, case insurance does sessions for us talking about it. Um, yeah. Like we, we're trying to do every aspect of the business, but you really got to focus local first. And that's actually really easy, no matter where you're at. And then you, you, you do research. Like, why would I go to Germany? Does my music connect with Germans? And a lot of times artists go, here's an opportunity to go somewhere and they just go, but they don't even know if their music relates to that market. Uh, so that means not export ready. Um, it means so, go so and no, trial, trial and error. Yeah, well, you know, like know where you're going and why, Right. you know, do research, you know, uh, in, and that's why going on the these trade missions or conferences, so... I went to Reaper Bond and I did a uh, trade mission with SEMA and two days in Berlin before Reaper Bond was meet the Germans, learn the German market. They talked about, here's the top 10 list. You know, Brazil's now number nine, first time up. Uh, Canada was in there. China was in there. UK was in there and Germany was in there and, and a few others, but you get to, and Asia, you know, and uh, you get to know things and you get to know people who know things and then you can call them. And, um, you know, why would you be going to Germany? What is, is this your, your market? And then 
you know, knowing some of the finances, um, what's the budget needed to go to, a, you know, um, I've been taking artists to Brazil and, you know, some people ask and I'm like, well, one thing is, is our dollar is worth four times there. So when you're there, it's actually really cheap. If you go overseas to UK, now our dollar is half. And okay, well, man, a, a Big Mac is like 15 bucks. Like, holy crap. Like, it's way expensive to just do the smallest thing. Um, you know, and you have to know visas. Do I need a visa or do I not need a visa? And how far in advance do I need to get the visa? Or and what do you have to and... say to get into the country without getting yelled at for working? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a tourist. It's hard enough to get it. It's hard enough to cross the U.S. border for like people don't realize. Like, are you going down there? Oh, you'll have to work here. They're like, work. You know, you, you got to watch what you say. You got to have the visas in order, or you're going to get screwed. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's all part of it, right? And you learn by being around the right people and doing the right events and conferences and webinars and seminars and mixers. Like, it's it's a full time gig, you know. In learning like i'm learning all the time still you know and it's, it's been about a year and a half since we first talked to you and you've come a long way i'm pretty proud of you guys so what anything on the horizon that we don't know about uh we've got a lot planned for dit like other content that's going to be coming up um it's some stuff has taken a little bit longer this year than we anticipated and and i've i've actually been at more conferences than i anticipated like i've literally you're all over uh, the place. this is the long yeah this is the longest i've been home and i've been home since sunday um well thanks so, for taking the time to speak to me i appreciate it i know it's been hectic so it's been hectic i gotta say and uh i've got another month of hectic and then then it calms down thankfully i'm uh doing karaoke tomorrow night because i run it on saturdays and it's fun it helps me with my crowd banter we're gonna do the masked singer nice well Why halloween not? right that's the that's the joke. It's like if you're scared, wear a mask and no one will know who you are. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Love it. Great talking to Daryl again on the Musicians Insider. I'm Cronus. Thank you so much for having you on here again um, and coming back. I look to see you on season three. I look forward to having you on again and telling us more about after these events happen and where else you're around the world. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll just do a quick plug. If you haven't checked out DIT Community, uh, we're in the App Store. Just look up DIT Music Community, and you can always go to IndieWeek.com. Uh, and really where we're the most active online is Instagram. So you can follow us at IndieWeek Instagram, and we post everything there. Perfect. All right, great. Thank you, Daryl.